Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope that you are well and that wherever you are and wherever you are listening, hope that you're excited because today is NBA trade deadline day, one of the most fun days on the NBA calendar and in the sports calendar in general. And let's be honest, what has become the most exciting sport out there when it comes to off-the-court news? Of course, everybody will have their notifications uh, tuned in for Woes, Shams, Mark Stein, anybody else that delivers NBA news on a regular basis, make sure to follow them and check in and update Twitter as much as you possibly can in order to make sure you keep up with all the day's news. But we do have some fun stuff to talk about as far as the Grizzlies go. The Grizzlies with a one 16 to 1, or excuse me, yes, 116 to 107 victory over the Thunder tonight. Last night, getting a bit of redemption against the Thunder, who 10 days earlier they had lost in OKC in one of the more inexplicable losses of the season, for the last best way to put it. But hey, we moved on from that, and the Grizzlies have now won four out of their last five. And I'll get into the game and why winning four out of their last five is certainly a big deal when it comes to the Grizzlies going forward over the next. Week. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SAC. In today's show, we're going to discuss the win over the Thunder, why it's big, why it was big, and which the way the Grizzlies won. In the second segment, we're going to talk about the guy who led the Grizzlies in scoring, a little bit of Dylan Brooks appreciation, just like we talked about Jonas Valanciunas last week. Dylan Brooks, in his own way, has really stepped up this month and delivered for the Grizzlies. And in the third segment, I'm going to give a little bit of a trade deadline preview. Spoiler alert! Don't expect much, if anything, to happen at all. But I'll go into detail as far as some names that have been thrown out there at some moves that, while they're very, very unlikely, that I would not mind the Grizzlies making, that certainly could put them in position now and you know, put them in a better position now and going forward into the future. Of course, we do want to remind you that tonight at 8 o'clock, On the Locker Room app, we will have our post-trade deadline edition of Let's Talk Grizzness, the weekly episode that we do with through Locked On Grizzlies, in which I'll discuss everything from the trade deadline, any big happenings that occur, especially with the Grizzlies or teams that are involved with the Grizzlies in their playoff pursuit this season. And of course, we'll talk about other things, such as the emergence of Dylan Brooks, the continued development of DeAnthony Melton and Grayson Allen at the two-guard position and everything else grizzly. So make sure to check us out on the Locker Room app at 8 o'clock tonight and make sure you download the Locker Room app to join and just be a general and just enjoy being a fan in general. Locker Room changing the way that we talk about sports. So let's get right to it. The Grizzlies with a big 116-107 victory over the Thunder. And the thing about it is, is that if you watch the first half, you didn't miss much. The Grizzlies were down 53-47, to 47, or 53-49 to 49 at the end of the first half. They allowed Moses Brown and Al Horford to go for 21 points and 16 rebounds combined. The Grizzlies just didn't have it. They didn't have it in the first half. The energy wasn't there, especially John Morant. I get it. This is not anything negative saying it about the Grizzlies or John Morant. I believe this is their seventh game in 11 nights. They're just It was a half where they just didn't have it. And it seemed like John Morant was kind of off, you know, to start the second half as well. At one one point, the Grizzlies, they were down four at halftime. Then they allowed for the Thunder to go on, I believe, an 8-2 run overall. I believe it was a, a like 12-4 run. And the Thunder went up 61-49. to But at that point, it was kind of like, you know, when you were playing Mario Kart growing up, you probably went through like the first two or three laps of the race that you ran, not really paying attention. And then all of a sudden, you got, you know, a few of those mystery boxes or you hit a few of those uh, speed boosts. That's what the Grizzlies did. Somebody hit the afterburners for them, and they just took off, outscoring the Thunder 66-46 to as the game ended over the next, over the last 21 to 21 minutes of the game for a big victory. 
victory for the for, for the Memphis Grizzlies over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, why was that big? Well, because 10 days earlier, the Grizzlies had suffered arguably their worst loss of the season. There's no reason they should have won to the Thunder uh, 10 days ago. And tonight, it would have especially been bad had they lost to the Thunder without Shea Gilgis-Alexander on the court. But a big reason why it was such a huge victory for the Grizzlies was both for the standings and their upcoming schedule. It gives the Grizzlies a little bit of room to work with. With the victory tonight, the Grizzlies have won four out of their last five. That includes victories over the Warriors and the Thunder. So now the Grizzlies are actually in 10th place, but even or 9th place. They're in the first play-in spot position. But even more importantly, they're in the position for them to be able to now have three a three-game cushion for a play-in spot going into a stretch that includes three game, three of the next four games against the Western Conference leading Utah Jazz. So that's why it was such an important victory for the Grizzlies. Another big development tonight that really helped out. The Grizzlies with the Thunder attempting 35 threes. Last time the Thunder had, had attempted nearly 40 threes and their win over the Grizzlies uh, back you know, a few Sundays ago. They shot I believe near over 50% from three. Tonight they only made 10 of 35 threes good, which was you know under 30%. So the Grizzlies three point defense really stepped up. But the other big thing that really stood out for the Grizzlies was the fact that with their rebounds and with their blocks the Grizzlies lost control of the paint in the first First half. The big development for them in the second half is that they regained it. 70 points in the paint, 56 total rebounds, 10 total blocks. This was the first time under Taylor Jenkins that the Grizzlies had 55 blocks and 10 rebounds, 55 or more, 55 or more um, rebounds and 10 or more blocks in the same game. Only the fifth time they've done that in franchise history, and it was a big development because it's allow allowed for them to regain the paint, limit second-look opportunities for the Thunder, and get good opportunities themselves to be able to take a commanding lead and stick with it. But the other thing is, is that it was the supporting cast that really stood up in this game. Jonas Valanciunas, his fourth straight game with... 15 or more rebounds. Third straight game with 15 points and 15 rebounds. He tied he he, he tied a franchise record uh, with Zach Randolph in a, in a previous streak that he had had with four games with 15 or more straight games with 15 or more rebounds. He has the he has the chance to break that record, you know, against the Jazz. Though that's probably going to be hard with Rudy Gobert in the middle come Friday night. But uh, beyond him, it was Grayson Allen. Basically, Grayson Allen pulled a Dylan Brooks in the first half. He carried the Grizzlies. Um, you know, it had been over two years since a Grizzlies player had had 13 points five rebounds and three threes in a half and that's what Grayson did in the first half including you know his submission for dunk of the year for the Grizzlies when it came to his drive and dunk on Poku of OKC but of course Grayson Allen four threes he's stepped up has consistently been making multiple threes a night to go along with Desmond Bain DeAnthony Melton offered four threes of his own tonight once again becoming a force off the bench I believe that I looked it up you know in his first two years there had only been one game in which Melton had made four more threes over his first two years in the NBA. He's done it four times, I believe, in 30 games this year. So once again, really the seeing the progression on his end when it comes to shooting. But of course, when it comes to the big names that stepped up, one was certainly Brandon Clark. A career-high five blocks, had nine rebounds, really contributed on both ends of the court, and he made a big, big difference as the Thunder were trying to get some shots inside. It wasn't just the five blocks that he made. It was also the fact that he altered plenty of other shots as well. So he was really a big difference. And then, of course, the player of the game, in my opinion, was Dylan Brooks. 25 points after coming, coming off a game against the Celtics in which he arguably had the best game of his career with 24 points, 7 assists, and 7 um, rebounds. He comes back tonight and delivers 25 points. 49 combined points, you know, over the past two games. And once again, 
led the team with a plus 25. Again, whatever value you want to put on the plus-minus stat, I know it has its positives and negatives, but when you consistently see a player who is having high plus grades, you know, frequently, you know, in a certain amount of time, that certainly is showing that they're finding ways to contribute. And that's what we're actually going to focus on in the second segment. The Grizzlies got a big victory. They won four out of five. They've righted the ship after a tough start to the second half. And Dylan Brooks has played a has played a big part in that success. Coming up, we'll detail just how Dylan is standing out in ways that you may not expect. He's shown progression to become a more complete player. Before we get into talking about Dylan Brooks, I have a question. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports tra- Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares and your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. Making money with sports tra- with sport trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, Pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip bet who's always a performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and how their port and how your portfolio value will rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. We now know the Sweet 16 in both the women's and men's tournament. Plus, the NBA trade deadline is today, so the stretch run for many teams will begin as soon as Friday. And we also have hockey coming into the stretch run of its season, baseball right around the corner, UFC going on, soccer going on all around the world. Whatever sport you love and whatever athletes you'd love to follow, if wagering and betting is part of your, you know, Fun as a fan, I've got a great place that has you covered. That's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, and it's been over for a while. But as I mentioned, all these other sports are going on, so your interest in waging and betting should be as high as ever. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device. Device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Using the promo code locked on, whether it's on your mobile phone or you go online, again, use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to check it out over the next couple of days as there's obviously going to be plenty of news with the NBA trade deadline. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. And I'm not going to lie, I am recording this after midnight um, on the morning of March 25th, you know, Thursday, it is trade deadline day. And I've already refreshed, you know, during this show, during the recording of this show, my Twitter a few times to see if there's any news. Of course, we've already had the uh, Corey Joseph DeLon Wright trade uh, that happened, um, you know, it, 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 around midnight uh, between the King or a little bit before midnight, uh, central time at least. So still plenty of action, certainly on 
the docket for today. But of course, you know, one thing that his one guy that has seen plenty of action is Dylan Brooks this season. A guy who just every single night, unless he's injured, goes out, gives the Grizzlies 30 minutes of just solid effort and solid play. And listen, here's the thing. We all know that we would love for Dylan Brooks to be a bit more than he is when he comes to offense. We all know that, you know, it probably is not the best thing in the world that he's taken 15, you know, 13 to 15 shots a game. But at the end of the day, there is certainly progress. There is certainly evidence that Dylan Brooks is becoming more of a complete player this year. And he's also becoming a player that really is adding value on both ends of the court. There's going to be games where he frustrates the hell out of folks, and there's going to be games where you just recognize we would have not won the damn game without him. And, you know, I think that this month itself really shows that. It really indicates, you know, that there have been plenty of instances. And the big thing is there's been instances in different ways in which Dylan Brooks has added value that's allowing for the Grizzlies to find ways to win, despite the fact that their best player in John Moran has struggled. Josh just spaced. He's probably tired. There's no doubt in my mind Josh's tired. And he's facing tough defenses night in and night out that are requiring more effort from him to be productive. So it's going to take a lot out of Jaw. So the responsibility has to fall elsewhere, like Jonas is taking up at times, like Kyle Anderson is taking up at times. But I do think that Dylan Brooks truly is shining through and showing that while his offense certainly is not where we would like for it to be, let's just be honest, his overall contributions are making a difference a lot of times outside of the box score. For instance, you know, I mentioned that, you know, last night's game. He scored 25 points and led the Grizzlies in a plus in the plus minus category with a plus 25. But the thing about it is this, is that Dylan Brooks actually has had a positive plus minus mark in the 20s. He's had a plus 20 or above in five of his last 11 games. That means he's making a huge difference when he's out on the court. Now, I get it. You may want to put whatever value that you want to in that statistic. You may not value it at all. You may question, you know, what actual validity it has. But the thing about it is, is that in my opinion, if you consistently see a guy who every other game is sitting here being in the plus 20s, he's doing something right. And for Dylan, it's been a lot of it on the defensive end. I'll get into that in just a moment. But the thing about it is, is that Dylan also is starting to, you know, improve his offensive game, you know, a bit. Though his shooting has certainly, you know, left something to be desired. He is improving his offensive game. He's averaging 17.4 points in March, shooting just under 40% from the field, just under 30% from three, while averaging 2.7 assists, um, 2.7 rebounds, and I believe just over one steal per game. But the big thing about it is, is that where Dylan is adding value is is with his defense. And it's not just like he was earlier this season in setting the tone for the effort and the energy that the Grizzlies need in order to create turnovers. Dylan is making the difference in actually stopping his assignments on a regular basis, and typically, while he's not guarding the same guy at all times during the game, he is a significant reason as to why many elite scores, many opposing teams' best scores, have struggled so far this month. That's really where Dylan is making his big contributions. Let's go through the list real quickly because he's starting to sit here and have a growing list where he's getting respect. Bradley Bill offered Dylan plenty of respect when the Grizzlies played the Wizards um, two nights, I believe. Yeah, two nights and eight days. During those two nights, Dylan Reason was a big was a, Dylan Brooks was a big reason why the Grizzlies held Bradley Bill to fourteen or forty from the field and two or twelve from three. 
against the Denver Nuggets, though they lost the game. Dylan Brooks was a big reason why Jamal Murray was held to 1 for 14 and only 3 points from the field. He also, he got scorched by Andrew Wiggins in the two, two big games against the Warriors. Wiggins scored 40 points overall. Nobody could stop him in that first game. What did Dylan do? He turned right back around, accepted the assignment, and held Wiggins to 4 for 14 from the field to give the Grizzlies a victory um, this past weekend. Monday night, he stepped up and faced off against Jalen Brown. The night after, you know, one night removed from Jalen Brown making 10 threes. Yes, Jalen Brown had 27 points, but he had to do it on 25 shots and, and and, uh, excuse me, Dylan held him to 3 of 11 from 3. Though Boston did shoot the 3 quite well, it wasn't because of Jalen Brown, because Dylan guarded him well. Last night it was Lou Dort. Lou Dort was the better player, was the best player, I think, that the Thunder had to offer outside of Al Horford. He missed the first game, but he took 17 shots against the Grizzlies. Only made 6 of them. 1 of 7 from 3. That's where Dylan is adding his value. He's taken on the assignment on a consistent basis. We always gave him praise last year, for instance, for willingly taking on the assignment of guarding the team's best player. This time, though, he has help with Melton and Justice Winslow and Kyle Anderson there to support him. But it is Dylan who's offering his help. Or who, who, who is offering, a, a lot of times, most of the reason why these star scores are not scoring against the Grizzlies. And the big thing about it is also is this, is there's also a little bit of mind games that Dylan plays. You typically are starting to see now a bit more chirping, a bit more talking. Dylan is getting, you know, we always have known Dylan has plenty of confidence. He has plenty of swag. But the big thing about Dylan now is that he's fi- figuring out how to use that part of his persona and his profile to make a difference. He'll play mind games. He'll get into the mind of the players that he's playing, and I think that he views that as being kind of a way to use that to his advantage to allow for him to continue to be effective. I imagine that when, if you want to be honest, he annoys the hell out of people when he's on the court, but he takes pride in doing it because he knows that that's part of why he's effective. And it's truly showing through. Again, five of his 11 games. He leads the Grizzlies in plus-minus this month. He's been a positive 46 so far over in the month of March. That leads the Grizzlies. But the thing about it is he's doing it in different ways. Like I said, you know, against Boston, 24.7 assists, 7 rebounds, arguably the best game of his career. Tonight, 25 points led the Grizzlies in scoring. The other night, he had a plus 22 when he only attempted 7 shots. So it's not just the offense where, where Dylan is stepping up. He's doing it on both ends of the court. And if, in, if on one end of the court he doesn't have it one night, he's making up for it by being a big, big value on the other end. So there is clear progression with Dylan Brooks. It may not be to the level that we want it to be. It may not be in the way that attracts a lot of attention. And it may not be to the consistency that we may like it. But with Dylan this year, he really has seemed to emerge as taking pride in being a primary defender first and a secondary scorer afterwards. And that's something that the Grizzlies need. They need that depth in scoring. And when it comes to Dylan Brooks, he certainly offers that, especially from the mid-range and on occasion when he gets his good looks from three. So yes, Dylan Brooks may not be what we had hoped he would. He may not be, you know, making the significant strides in the area where we feel that he needs to or gets the most attention. But there has been significant progression in the value that Dylan Brooks offers on the court this year. And I certainly think it's worth recognizing going forward. And it's going to continue to play a big role for a roster that clearly has the playoffs in sight and is starting to make the needed moves that it needs to to secure their opportunity to do just that. 
But one of the things that I can tell you is while the Grizzlies certain roster certainly has focus on the now and hopefully make it the playoffs, the franchise front office has not shied away from making it clear they have a focus on the future. And the trade deadline is now merely 13 hours away. Coming up, I'm going to talk about a trade deadline where I don't think that there are going to be many moves, if any moves, that the Grizzlies are going to make. I think it's going to be pretty quiet. But just for some fun, we'll want to speculate on a few names that are out there and on a few names that, while they may not be of interest now or there may not be activity now on the Grizzlies' end, you could see some things start to emerge in the offseason as the Grizzlies get closer to next year when their expectations really start to take off. We'll be right back with you here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Imagine for many of us, it's hard to believe that we are already three full, almost three full months into the 2021 calendar year, but yet here it is, and we're already into the spring. So that likely means that you have demands that are going to make you be on the move more often than you have been probably over the past year. Well, if that's the case, and with all the rough weather that we've gotten before, and we're probably going to get here soon again, your car may need repairs. And if that's the case, I have the one place for you to go that can get you taken care of. And that's rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a great place for you to go for a variety of reasons. For one, regardless of the parts that you need, it's going to be you're going to be able to find them more than likely within a few clicks of the button. No matter the part that you need or the make and model that you have, rockauto.com is going to get you taken care of. And the great thing about it is no matter your experience, if you're someone that has to do your own repair, if you do your own repairs, have someone do your repairs or do your repair or do repairs for others. RockAuto.com is a very economically feasible location. This is a family-owned business. They've been there for 20 years. They know that when car when car repairs are needed, it likely falls out of budget, so they try to be economically feasible as possible. If you go to RockAuto.com today, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. RockAuto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts that you will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com today. The month of March is in full swing, and of course that means that March Madness is here. And as we've been talking with you about all month with you, Built Bar is here as well. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a great product that we've been talking with you for a while. It's the best protein bar on the market. It's an amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. And if you've not had one before... Just try one, and you'll see why we give it all these great descriptions on a consistent basis. Obviously, with the Sweet 16 going on in both the men's and women's college basketball tournaments, Bill Bar wanted to have its own tournament. They wanted to have their own March Madness, and the great thing is they can't have a Sweet 16 of taste because they've got more than that. They've got 18 different flavors for you to choose from. So no matter if you're a brave person who wants to try a different one at every take, or if you've got your own that you can settle in with, Built Bar has you covered. The big thing about Built Bar is, is that on the consistent basis that you try it, no matter when you have it, it's going to be a benefit to your day. Have it in the morning potentially for breakfast. Have it in the afternoon as a snack. Have it even before or after a workout, and I would say with confidence that it's going to add benefit to your day. And the thing about it is, is that when it does add benefit to your day, it's going to allow for you to also take a big health step as well. Even if you're someone that has not sticked with you, stayed with your New Year's resolution, allowing Built Bar to be a part of your day will certainly be a small but significant step to your health. So for today's voting, we've got mint brownie versus coconut puff. I'm going to say, to be honest with you, I think that I'm going to go with mint brownie on this one. I've tried one before, not the biggest fan of mint, but anytime you got brownie in there, you have me as a fan. If you go to BuiltBar.com or you go to BuiltBar underscore Built on Twitter, you'll be able to vote. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in Built Bar March Madness. 
Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft at the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. So let's have some fun. On yesterday's episode, I talked with Joe Molinax, um, you know, in detail about, you know, I asked him the question directly. Joe, over the next 12 months, do you think, think the Grizzlies make the move that we're all waiting for? We would, you know, we're, we're to the point to where we know a big trade is likely to happen for this Memphis Grizzlies team. You've got Jaw and you've got Jaron. Over the next basically 18 months, more than likely, you're going to have conversations with both of those players in which you're going to lock them in as the two cornerstones of this franchise and pay them big bucks, or at least commit to pay them the big bucks once their initial four-year rookie contracts are done. So at some point, this Grizzlies team is going to have to consolidate a lot of the quantity of good players that they have into a third piece that hopefully will be the quality that they're seeking. Now, of course, they do have draft assets, so they could do it through the draft. They have ways that they may be able to do it through free agency, or they could do it eventually through a trade. Now, as I also discussed earlier this week, obviously, there are the dream scenarios in which the Grizzlies could go after a Zach Levine or a Bradley Bill. That's probably not going to happen. Even in the offseason, I just don't know if it's going to happen right now for the Grizzlies. I think that there are teams that are further down the competitive timeline, like maybe the Warriors, maybe the you know Pelicans, maybe another team that we're not thinking of, the, the Hawks, for instance. There are other teams out there that I think probably could offer better packages than the Grizzlies do right now and have a bigger reason to go after those type of stars. But like I told you earlier this week as well, there are ways for the Grizzlies to potentially be able to make moves that can address their needs at the deadline. For instance, we all know the Grizzlies need more shooting. Well, at this deadline alone, you got Norman Powell, you got Wayne Ellington, and you got, um, um, if you even want to count Victor Oladipo, though you may not, and you got Evan Fournier. You know, those guys are out there. And that's where I'll start. I understand the point about the fact that the Grizzlies are likely just going, if they make any type of trade, it's probably going to involve adding Gorgie Dang to some type of three or four team deal for money matching purposes so that they can get some type of asset, maybe a second round pick. Or there's also a very good chance they could just buy out Gorgie Dang. But my focus would be what could you do to potentially get some type of reliable shooting piece by using Gorgie Dang and Grayson Allen as the reasons to do it. Maybe you sit there and in a trade, you send out Gorgie Dang, you bring back Evan Fournier, and you know in the process you also trade Grayson Allen and then wind up getting assets, and that's what you use to potentially get Fournier, you know, along you know by trading Dang. That's the type of thing that can make sense. Now I want it to be understood. I know Grayson Allen had a great night tonight. I don't think he's going to get traded because I think Taylor Jenkins absolutely loves him. But as Joe Molinax had mentioned, there may be an upcoming time in which the front office and Taylor Jenkins may not agree on the long-term value of, of, of Grayson Allen, especially with the commitments that have already been made to DeAnthony Melton, to, De, to Desmond Bain, as well as Dylan Brooks. So I do think that the using of Grayson Allen, maybe to get a Fournier, maybe to go get a Buddy Heald from Sacramento. I know that's been, I mentioned it, you know, several times in the past. It's been mentioned on other podcasts out elsewhere, you know, in Grisdom. I think the Buddy Heald would be a nice buy low candy. If you could turn Grayson Allen, Gorgie Dang, and, and a second or two into Buddy Heald to the other day. Declining contract, great shooting ability. I understand it ain't worked in Sacramento. Bring him here. Let him work with Taylor Jenkins. Let him be in an environment that really is favorable for players where a need is for shooting. And I think you've got something with Buddy Hill. Those are the type of moves that I would love the Grizzlies to make. If they made those type of moves, I think it would be wonderful. You're addressing the need. 
you're getting a piece that either in Fournier, for instance, you might be able to keep around for a while, or in Heald, you're going to be able to, to, you know, make the cost is going to be easy, in my opinion, to be manageable because it's a declining contract and he fits your need like a glove when it comes to the shooting. So I think that those two guys make some sense. Now, I'd also love for the Grizzlies to make potentially a bigger scale move. You know, I threw out there some ideas on the um, uh, Twitter timeline that, you know, I don't think were received that well, but I threw them out there because I, I do think the Grizzlies can go one of two ways. I don't think they're going to sell. I suggested the other day about maybe a Jonas Valanciunas to the Celtics for Aaron Neesmith, Tristan Thompson, and, you know, uh, first. That probably is not going to happen. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies at 21 and 20, three games up on two teams. And, you know, basically to make a long story short, the Grizzlies right now are in too good of a position to have a chance at making the play, at at least making the play in, that I think it would be counterproductive or counterintuitive with how hard this roster is played and with how much these guys, how much the franchise or how much the roster and the coaching staff want to make the playoffs. I think it would probably be a disservice for the Grizzlies to be a seller. I don't see them selling off a major piece. They did do it last year. They did this exact thing last year. I just don't think unless some team is willing to overpay, they're going to sit there and trade a significant piece away from this rotation. I don't see it. But if the Grizzlies get an indication tomorrow that like Alonzo Ball or a Malcolm Brogdon were to be available, and you're talking about, you know, hey, multiple for, you know, you could take Gorgie Dang and, you know, Nikias Duncan of Basketball News, um, you know, in the Dunker Spot podcast, he threw out a pretty, you know, favorable trade. The Anthony Melton, Gorgie Dang, and the Utah first for Alonzo Ball and um, J.J. Redick. Hell yeah! Let's do it! I get that you could probably make the argument that Lonzo Ball at $20 million versus DeAnthony Million at $10 million, the overall value for that probably is not a first. I get that. But I do think that in their primes, Lonzo Ball has a better chance to become a significantly better player than DeAnthony will, in my opinion. And I've changed my opinion on Ball. He's been playing great. You can get that type of deal done, do it. I think Ball's an excellent piece next to John Morant. Malcolm Brogdon is an absolute perfect piece next to John Morant. Now, I had thrown out the idea of Malcolm Brogdon and um, Anthony or um, Aaron Holiday to the Grizzlies, give them a that backup point guard that they can control for the future, and also obviously Brogdon being a significant piece. Now, I'd love to talk about bringing Sabonis over here, but we're not getting both of them. But anywho, you know, there have been rumors about the Pacers possibly being on the market for Brogdon or you know Sabonis coming here or being out there as a trade. But say it was a Brogdon, I think that they're that the uh, Pacers are going to start their asking price at Melton Clark and two first. And I threw out that idea for Malcolm Brogdon and, and Aaron Holiday. I don't think that's enough to get those guys. I think if you saw what Drew Holiday cost the Bucks to get, the Pacers with their, are with them every right to ask for more. So I don't know if it gets them. I'd also have to think long and hard about whether or not I want to give up that much. But I think in the end, you probably would. Because you know, Brogdon is 29, but if the Grizzlies really wanted to get that piece that they thought could fit for the next three to five years with Jaw and Jaron, when it comes to Brogdon's production versus his contract, it's hard to find better value than that. So I think at the end, you probably do do it, though you think about it. Because Brogdon is 29. I know that that's not really that old, but it is a significant difference from the timeline that you've already established. But in the end, I think that what the Grizzlies are, what the most beneficial thing that's going to come from this deadline for this Grizzlies team is the one consistent thing that we've heard, despite from a lot of the different people in the know that we've talked with, that Gorgie is their main focus, seeing what they can do with that, see if they can get a long-term asset by including him in trades. 
even if they buy Gorgie out. The most beneficial thing that's coming from this is just like we saw in 2019, when the Grizzlies were able to have discussions at the trade deadline that eventually led to a summer in which they were able to trade Mike Conley and build off that so well to build this current roster and has made this rebuild so successful, I think that that's what you're going to see in the most beneficial thing for the Grizzlies being. They're probably not making a move. As a matter of fact, I'd put it at about 1.2% that they make a out-of-the-blue significant move that gives them a piece for the future and that boosts their playoff chances now and also for the future. I do think, though, that that chance of that happening in the offseason does substantially increase. And it starts with discussions that are having now that will be carried over to the offseason. So I know that we want to see the trade. I know that we want to see them get a solid player to put with John Jaron. I know we'd love to see them get a player who can give us a bit more confidence going into this playoff run, in which the Grizzlies, I think, are going to wind up with a chance to make the playoffs. And I know the roster would love to see it as well. But at the end of the day, I do think that it's going to be a quiet deadline, but I do also think that the benefit from this deadline is going to be felt within the next 12 months when we do see a significant trade happen, and then the stories come out afterwards that talk, that talks began in Mar- February and March of 2021, and they eventually progressed and got picked back up during the summer. So just always know that when it comes to these NBA trades, yes, some of them do come together very quickly, but the majority of them simply do take time. And that time starts now when teams are already talking, because we've heard the Grizzlies have been on the phones. With the very smart front office, I think some groundwork is being laid for future moves, even if nothing happens right now. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You know, we're going to have plenty of reaction to this NBA trade deadline in tonight's locker room conversation. Let's Talk Grizzlies, the third episode, the, the weekly episode that I'm doing on the locker room app, in which I'm talking with Grizzlies fans up and down about the Grizzlies and everything involving the NBA trade deadline. We'll make sure, make sure you go download the app as soon as possible and join us. We want you there. We want you there to talk all things Grizzlies, and it's been a pleasure over the past two weeks. Look forward to doing it for the foreseeable future. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a fun day. You know, Mark Stein on our locker room chat earlier tonight, he said he expects for double-digit trades to go down. Nothing big. Cal Lowry's probably going to be the biggest name traded at the end of the day, and that's probably likely. But if you're just a fan of the NBA and you're a fan of excitement, enjoy today. It's been a year for some people from hell. It's been 15 to 18 months with some people from hell. So it's fun to be able to enjoy days like this in times when we realize that enjoyable days may be harder and harder to come by than they used to. So enjoy today if you're a sports fan. Enjoy today if you're an NBA fan. And enjoy today if you're a Grizzlies fan. Because the excitement that you're seeing some of these teams do right now to make the needed moves to be true contenders, that you're on the doorstep of that. Us as Grizzlies fans, we're on the doorstep of eventually making those moves. And even if it's not now, maybe if it's not even this offseason, it's coming soon. And it's an exciting position to be in. Hope you have a great day. Again, you can find this show at Locked on Grizz, myself at Stats SEC, the podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose, let us know. We'll go from there. And we're going to go from here. We'll talk to you tonight. On Let's Talk Grizzness in the Locker Room app, and we'll be right back with you on Friday with all the reaction from the 2021 NBA trade deadline. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon, and thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.